It's Friday on BYU Sports Nation. We play the numbers game of BYU quarterbacks against Power 5 teams. Who's produced a winning record? He still hates Utah. Former BYU signal caller Max Hall tells us who he would start if BYU played a game today. Plus, embrace your BYU bias. Just do it. Synchronize those blue goggles and tell us which BYU bias sports opinion you will always believe. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, May 11th, wherever and however you're connected, Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with softball cleanup hitter in training, Jason Shepard. They're working me up to that. Last night was our very first BYU broadcasting softball intramural game. Uh, I was actually batting third. You want to take a wild guess on who was uh, leading off yesterday? Jerem Jordan. Jerem Jordan led things off. That was self-imposed, I'm sure. (laughs) No, it was not. No, Steve Johnson actually made the, the lineup. Put Jerem first. You're telling me there was no collusion there? Well, not that I'm aware of. It, oh, this it is cer- make any sense to me it's at all. certainly possible. But hey, Jerem, first pitch, first hit. Congratulations, there you to go. Jerem Jordan. I'm sorry I couldn't be there to witness said first hit, and I'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, he told me he was three for four, uh, two runs scored. <laughs> I've never met a person <laughs> who keeps track of his own stats more in the field of competition at this stage of life I know. than Jerem Jordan. It's crazy. I was two for four with a run scored. <laughs> I trust that dude. I was busy pulling out the front tooth of my six-year-old. Ooh, uh-huh. did the tooth fairy show up this uh, morning? The tooth fairy came. His, to quote him, he came into our bedroom and said, I woke up with so much excitement this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. We all would if we found money under our pillow when we woke up the next day. He was a little scared to have me, because, I mean, it was hanging on by a thread. And his question was, wait, teeth are made of thread? I'm like, no, no, okay. I love how literal everything is. <laughs> Just let us pull it out. It's going to fall out. So it came out. Uh, and then First tooth? or the, Well, it's his third tooth, but the one of the front teeth. Okay. So it's prominent, right? Okay. It's a big deal for a six-year-old. Absolutely it it's is. It's a big deal. A big deal for us. And then he was like, how did you lose your front two teeth? More like I offered the story. My brother was swinging me around by my feet. As brothers do. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I hit my face on the bedpost <laughs> of my parents' bed. <laughs> Both teeth gone. Boom. And I laughed. I didn't cry, apparently. Wow. <laughs> Swinging you around and your face hit the bedpost? Yeah, don't recommend that. Promoting safety since 2013, BYU Sports Nation. Hashtag safety first. <laughs> Rise and shout with your teeth in or not. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. I did some research the other day to update... And confirm the records of every BYU quarterback in starts against Power 5 teams over the last 30 years. Now, Jason, I put the line at a minimum of three starts. Okay. There are others in there that have started against Power 5 teams. Ryan Hancock, I think, made a start or two. He was the starter against Penn State and a ranked win in 1992. But three starts. Okay. I felt like that was the minimum. Every quarterback going back to the great Heisman Trophy winner, Ty Detmer. Only two of the 12, two, 
that made a minimum of three starts against Power 5 teams finished with a winning record. Number one, a guy we'll talk to on the show today, Max Hall. He went 6-3 and three against Power 5 teams at BYU. What's the secret? We'll ask him. Number two, Jason, who I'm guessing is way off everyone's radar. No, not Taysom Hill. It's Kevin Federick, who was 4-3 and three against Power 5 teams as a starter. How about that? Other notables. Taysom Hill, 8-8. Eight and eight. He started the most games against Power 5. He's the quarterback of independence. Ty Detmer, 3-9-1. and one. Riley Nelson, 4-4. Four and four. And Tanner Mangum, 0-7. Oh and, and I got hit up a lot on social media about Tanner Mangum. People were saying, oh, you should give him credit for the win in Nebraska. Obviously, Tanner played a huge role in that game. So did the elite Mitch Matthews. <laughs> but the parameters are which quarterback started the game. And it's not like Taysom Hill was insignificant in that game. Yes, exactly. So we credited it with the parameters in place and gave it to Taysom Hill. Jason, looking at all of those numbers, what is your reaction to these Power 5 win-loss records for BYU quarterbacks? The first word that comes to my mind is surprised. That is a list of very good quarterbacks. And to think that out of that entire list, only two had a winning record, that surprised me. And beyond what it says about the individual quarterbacks, BYU hasn't fared well against P5 teams overall. I mean, you look at those records, BYU in the last 30 years against P5 teams has not had a great record. So it's not something that everyone wants to focus on recency bias and say it's just in the last couple years. Historically, that, that has not been a good matchup for BYU. And I mentioned surprise with just the overall list. The word shocked came to mind when I saw Ty Detmer's record at 3-9-1. and one. Like, I just didn't realize everything I remember about Ty is win, win, win. Everything was a, a win. And how great he played. To see a 3-9-1 record, that, that shocked me because I did not expect to see that. I can think of two of his three wins off the top of my head. Obviously, the greatest win, in my opinion, in BYU football history, because of where Miami finished that season, was against the Hurricanes yep. in 1990. Won him the Heisman Trophy. He had an unbelievable comeback against Washington State that sometimes we forget about. And I think, did he beat Oregon as well? Are those the three wins? Other than, And the one tie was against Iowa in the 1991 Holiday right. Bowl. Yes. Okay, But yeah, shocking, right? Shocking. I don't know how much I buy into the greatness or value of a quarterback based on solely power five wins. Yes. You got to look at the overall win record. Okay. There's something to be said about just winning games. Okay. Just winning games. Taysom Hill, by the way, going eight and eight, really impressive. Even more so than that, he was never blown out in the game, regardless of the level of opponent. The, the worst loss Taysom Hill ever. I guess, suffered as the starting quarterback was 15 points. That was in the Kraft fight Hunger Bowl against Washington. He never lost by more than 15 points. Two-score game. That says so much about Taysom Hill. How about that? Yeah, that's impressive. You're right. It's, it's the entire body of work. It's not necessarily just the P5 games. But it was certainly an eye-opener to see those numbers right in front of you with, with all those great names and to see that only two had a winning record. Max Hall, Kevin Federick. Yeah, and as you mentioned, Max Hall is going to join us on the show coming up in a little bit. We'll ask him about that. All right, staying with the quarterback theme. Now, we know BYU still has a few months to make the decision on who will start against Arizona. In fact, 
how many days until BYU plays oh, Arizona? Please, please. Hit it! Ugh. Countdown to the Wildcats! 113! Nice solo. Solo? What, are we getting ready for the solo movie? What's that? Well, it's your thing. You did it. You didn't consult with me on that. <laughs> so I'm going to let you take your solo act onto uh, the Studio B stage, okay? Right. I, hope, I hope the movie is better than that solo act right there in ron howard we trust <laughs> i guess all right so as i mentioned there's there's a lot of time to still make this decision but just for fun spencer if you had to choose who would be byu starting quarterback today if byu played today that game against arizona was today okay are we pretending it's september 1st or is it may the 11th i am see because my answers are different. I, I, I would agree with you to a certain extent. We did not discuss this. So I think we can make up whatever we want. Okay. You, however you want to phrase it, you, you handle it that way. Who is your starting quarterback at BYU played a game today? If it's actually May 11th, Joe Critchlow. And people are like, what? what? You're crazy. Joe Critchlow. And here's why. A defense that has to react to a quarterback is a defense on their heels. And he's the guy that's getting the ball out quickest on time to the right place consistently through spring football. Fact. Okay? The hardest quarterback to defend against is the guy that you have to always react to, that you cannot anticipate against. Joe Critchlow was the guy throwing the ball on time to the right place most consistently. If it were September 1st, today, then I think it's going to be Tanner Mangum. I just do. For whatever reason, I think that Aaron Roderick's going to give him a fair shot. His recovery has been remarkable, to say the least. I know that we just pointed out that he has no starts, or sorry, no wins against Power 5 teams in seven starts. Right now, it's just, it doesn't matter. They have wiped that slate clean for everybody. All those records. Who's going to give BYU the best chance to win right now? And for whatever reason, I feel strongly that Tanner Mangum, who has been challenged to study harder than he ever has before, spend more time in the film room than he ever has before, work more with the offensive coordinator. He's got Aaron Roderick with him now, who is, I think, a very underrated coach. Agreed. Agreed. I think Tanner Mangum is going to be the guy. And I love Bo Hodge. I think Zach Wilson is very capable who knows what Jaron Hall is going to bring to the table coming off his mission? Right now, the depth chart on September 1st, I think, will be Tanner Mangum and then a toss-up between Joe Critchlow and Bo Hodge. Look, I, I am with you in terms of the Tanner Mangum uh, aspect. People that are writing Tanner Mangum off, I think, are, are, are not giving him enough credit. You cannot write off Tanner Mangum. Everything he's put into getting back lets you know how determined he is to play quarterback at BYU. For me today, if I'm starting today, and if everybody's healthy today and ready to go, for me, the guy I'm going with is Bo Hodge. I'm going with Bo for a couple of reasons. Improved passing in spring. That's one of the things people have talked about with Bo. You know that he can run, but can he, can he make the accurate throws? Can he, can he make the plays downfield that he needs to? I saw an improved passing Bo Hodge in spring. 
He answered some questions for me. The other part is, and I just mentioned it, it gives you the mobility. We've heard from Coach uh, Grimes talking about how they want that to be a, an aspect of this offense, to be able to have mobility from the quarterback position. He certainly gives you that. Now, here's the thing. Does it matter if you don't have mobility if you're getting the ball out on time to the right place? No, but it gives you another weapon to utilize. And I think it, the other part is, and I, I completely understand that some of this in, may be because Tanner was not able to do everything in spring, but Bo Hodge was getting the first team reps in spring. He was getting the role as if he is the one to be the starter. I put a lot of stock in that. So for, for today, if I'm starting today, I th- I'm going with Bo Hodge. I think Joe Critchlow's the sleeper. Bo Hodge is capable. His health. Is yeah, the there's big no question. question. Yep, there's no question. You just got to be careful. I mean, I mean, when you when you take knocks to the head consistently, who knows? It just gets it's weird just, in a hurry, right? Yes, it's just things weird. you don't want to mess Ask with. Ask Austin Collie about that. Ask his dad about that. No kidding. No kidding. All right, good stuff. We're going to ask Max Hall how he would answer that question if he were starting a quarterback today for BYU. Who he would pick? Jason. I'm reluctant to do this, but there is indeed a new special trio on the BYU basketball Special trio? You mean another big three? Just don't. Just stop it. What? BYU features three players from the same AAU team that worked on the court together for around four or five years. Now they're reuniting at BYU. Gavin Baxter joins Connor Harding, who will come off his mission very shortly, and Yoli Childs. Yes, all three played on the same AAU team. Jason with Gavin Baxter, Connor Harding, and Yoli Childs, depending on what Yoli decides to do in the NBA draft, do you think it increases the chances of Yoli Childs returning to BYU? I would think so. I mean, anytime you have familiarity with players and you know their game and you know how you guys fit with each other, I, I mean, that can't hurt, certainly. I, I think it is a positive thing that they have that relationship. It, for me, though, ultimately with Yoli, I still think it comes down to Yoli realizing that this can be his team. I mean, he can be the guy with this team, and I would think everything would be centered on him next year. I mean, take advantage of that and increase your stock for the future. But yeah, in terms of the specific question you asked, having Gavin Baxter and Connor Harding here, that's adding talent to a good team. Yeah, I, I, I would certainly think it does help. It's invigorating. Of course it helps a guy like Yoli Childs. Your buddy's back. He called him the most athletic player BYU basketball fans will ever see. You think he wants to play with them? Yes. He does, and I believe he will. It's invigorating to get those guys back in the mix. You're coming back together, reunited in one great cause for BYU basketball. Of course, this increases the chances. All right, I'm looking forward to this, and this one's fun. A sports writer out of New Orleans tweeted out a simple question last night that really got fans around the country responding, and it honestly piqued our interest and got us thinking about it, too. This came from Charles LaRocca, and I hope I'm pronouncing his last name uh, correctly. Charles tweeted out this. He said, what's your most biased sports opinion that you will think is true no matter what? <laughs> so, Spencer, how would you answer that question? Oh, I can tell you that uh, there are several thousand people in BYU Sports <laughs> Nation still putting words in my mouth. Uh, it's hard to pick just one. Uh, so I didn't pick just one because I have several that I will go to the grave with, okay? And I think that you'll share some of these with me. Number one. In fact, I know you will share at least a few of these with me. BYU is the most deserving program outside of the Power Five that should be included in a Power Five conference. Truth! Jason, Jimmer Fredette belongs in the NBA. So Clearly, 
There's a team, a place, a situation that can utilize a scorer like him, right? <laughs> Come on. I'll give you some other ones coming up later. What do you got? Yeah, BYU, number one on my list was BYU is the most deserving program for P5 inclusion. Hands down, doesn't, there's no debate. It is BYU for so many reasons. We could fill the entire show with that. Okay. The other one, you mentioned Jimmer, which I, I would agree with, but I'm going to go with this one. The 2014 BYU football team could have had a special season on a national scale. Remember, that's a team that started out 4-0, and playing really well. Taysom Hill was cruising. Then he got hurt against Utah State. Okay, what does a special season mean, though? Like, give me something definitive. Well, I think they could have made a national splash. I think they could have been one of those teams that maybe you play in a New Year's Day ball. Okay. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. So, so 2014, had Taysom Hill stayed out, the BYU would be playing in a BCS bowl game. That was the last That's year of the last BCS. Year of BCS, yes. So that was, that, that, was, that was possible with that. They go 4-0, Taysom gets hurt, they drop four in a row after that. Christian Stewart comes in, plays really well to finish out the year. They go 8-5, and five, but that could have been a special season on a national level, but in I my think opinion. It, I think you need to say it would have been, right? No, yes, it would have been, yes. Because, Straight up. Yes, because I believe... In my biased opinion, that no matter what anybody <laughs> tells me, it is true. Uh, time to hear from you, BYU Sports Nation. Love the opinions coming in. This is Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, synchronized blue goggles for this response from Twitter. Holy cow. At Grizzfather, his Biased opinion that BYU will win every game. I like it. <laughs> no one can convince me otherwise. I don't care what the stats say, the rankings are, or what the records reflect. I predict BYU will come out victorious no matter what. Hashtag never taking the blue goggles off. I am going to take the blue goggles <laughs> off right now. <laughs> Frankly, they're making me dizzy. That may be the most biased take that BYU will win every game, every season, That's and every sport. Blue goggle stratosphere tier. But you know okay? what? I'm okay with that. You should absolutely, you're going to be disappointed. That's the thing. Like, you're setting yourself up to be severely disappointed. Uh, They'll win every game. <laughs> Alabama doesn't win every football game. I know. So, Come on. I mean, let's be honest. We compare ourselves to Alabama. Even Tom Brady doesn't win every Super Bowl. Ooh, very timely. Did you see his, uh, his get up at the <laughs> Met Gala that everyone's ripping him for? Indeed. Worthy of that as well. <laughs> you can join us on uh, BYU Sports Nation. You can join us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We'll read more of your responses. Responses coming up later on in the program. But coming up, what's the chance BYU baseball can keep it rolling for five straight games? Nice win last night. And next, one of the two BYU quarterbacks with a winning career record against Power 5 teams. Max Hall. You heard me right. What does it take to beat the guy at BYU as quarterback? We'll ask him next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Softball hosts LMU for three games this weekend at Gil Miller Field with the West Coast Conference title and an automatic berth to the NCAA tournament on the line. You can catch tonight's doubleheader live on BYU TV starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time with Spencer and Gary. Rain in the forecast. We ain't scared. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation on a Friday on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation rolling on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter. Instagram, check us out on Facebook, hashtag BYUSN, whenever you would like to converse with us. Our question of the day, synchronizing your blue goggles, what is your most biased BYU sports opinion that you will hold true no matter what? 
from Instagram at Mr. Underscore Nate Dog. Jimmer Fredette is good enough for the NBA. Riley Nelson was the most fun quarterback to watch in recent history. Wow, more fun than Taysom Hill. Huh. BYU rugby is legendary, and Cosmo is part Iron Man. Do what you would. Hey, send in whatever you want to send in. Clearly, yeah, we'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, BYU all-time great quarterback, one of two BYU QBs to own a winning record in his career against Power 5 teams over the last 30 years. Six and three, Max Hall is with us. Max, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys, what's up, man? It's good to be back on. We're stoked to have a winning quarterback against Power 5 teams on the program. Max, what is it about you and those games against Power 5 teams that generally brought out your best? I just think that they were scared of me. It was an intimidation factor. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, you, you know what? I just, um, we, we had a good team, and I was surrounded by guys who were big-time players who played, you know, well in big games. And so um, I just think as a group, collectively, we just believed that we could beat anybody. And, um, you know, that helped us out no matter who we were playing. thought we could win. We saw you, Max, at some of the BYU spring practices uh, in the last month or two. What was your impression of the battle for the quarterback position? Well, you know, first of all, I want to say I was very impressed with a couple of days that I was there being able to sit in the meetings and, and be at practice with everything that's going on. I really like the new offensive coaching staff. I think Jeff does a fantastic job, and he's surrounded by some really, really quality, good coaches. I mean, you got three guys in that room that have called plays before. And uh, the offense that they've come up with, I think, is going to be really fun to watch this year. So it was fun. I got to sit in the quarterback meetings and, and watch a little bit of film and, and go through install with them. And, um, you know, I really like what I saw. I think uh, you have some quality quarterbacks in there that are going to be battling it out. It's going to be fun to see kind of who wins that battle. Okay, Max, uh, the question of all questions, which is always a tough one to answer. If you had to put someone on the field for BYU today, May 11th, and go play a game against Arizona to open the season, who would you start at quarterback and why? That is a tough question. Uh, that is a very tough question. Um, I, think, I think you have to go with Tanner because it's, it's Tanner's job to lose, in my opinion. I think, I think Joe and Bo are right there on his heels, and um, it will kind of depend on what shakes down, but I, I would – Probably go with Tanner, even though I saw some really good things out of the other quarterbacks while I was there. Um, but I don't, I don't think you can just take that away from him um, with a new coordinator and everything going on. You have to see how he adjusts to the new offense. We saw you talking with, with Zach Wilson one day, just for a few minutes, and you were talking about being in that quarterback room. What, what was your opinion of Zach Wilson, specifically after watching him, say, in spring practice and in, in some of those, those moments where, you know, you kind of want to see what a freshman is going to do? Man, I love Zach. I, I'm, I really like him. And um, part of the reason why I don't think he should be the starting quarterback is because I don't want him to break my win record. So I, I want him <laughs> to sit down for a few years. Um, but I, I think he's that type of a kid. He's a special player. Um, uh, whether or not he's going to be ready to play or even can be a starter this year, I don't know. I haven't been around enough to see if he mentally is handling what's going on. But I will say this. There was one play in the in the spring practice that I was there 
um, where it was a four-vert play. And um, he ended up hitting the tight end on kind of a little over route to the opposite hash and uh, completed it for a touchdown. So I went up to him afterwards. I wanted to see um, what was going through his head. So I go, Zach, you know, tell me what you saw. And he goes, well, it was four verts. Uh, they rotated to a single high, so I knew I had a two-on-one with my two inside seam routes. I looked them off to the right and then threw my seam route to the left. And I went, okay. <laughs> okay. That, 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 is, that is, you know, that's stuff that you expect to hear from a junior or senior. And for him to come in, he should still be in high school right now. I think he missed his senior prom to be at spring ball. So, I mean, it was impressive to hear that from a freshman. Talking with Max Hall on BYU Sports Nation. When you hear Zach Wilson explain a scenario to you like that, it's probably, I guess, appealing and almost tempting for the coaches to be like, uh, maybe he should play this year. But is there value to letting a guy like that just kind of sit in the wings and wait and watch everyone else for a little while before you throw him into the fire? Not to, I mean, you don't want to throw off his mojo too early as a freshman. Uh, yeah, and that's that's the tough decision you have to make, and and I think that between Tanner Bow and Joe, that I, I I would not play him unless you absolutely have to, if there's injuries or if there's if the, those three just aren't getting it done, because there is a lot of value with him being able to sit in that offense for a whole year, keep learning from Aaron and from Jeff, um, get some reps on the scout team, and kind of get his feet wet in college football. Um, before he plays, you know, I had the opportunity to do that for a year BYU before I played, and I feel like it was really beneficial for me. Max, when do you think that this changed with players? Because that used to be the norm, where guys would come in and they would sit, and and that just isn't the case anymore. Guys want to come in and play right away. When and why do you think that has changed? Wow, that, that's a tough question. I just think that. Um, the emphasis and the, uh, the, the training and the coaching to quarterbacks has just risen to such another level that a lot of these kids that come out of high school are, are, are ready to go physically and mentally to play in college. There's not a lot of them, but there's a few of them, and we saw that in the national championship game last year, right, where you had two young quarterbacks going at it and, and, and playing high-quality football. So um, it's credit to coaches, and it's uh, credit to um, you know them getting ready getting those kids ready to play. But those are special kids who can do that. Max Hall, former BYU quarterback, great. Played with the Arizona Cardinals in the NFL. Is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Max, we're calling BYU's six toughest games this season the gauntlet. Five games against Power 5 teams, Arizona, Cal, Wisconsin, Washington, and a season finale at Utah, plus a road contest at Boise. How many of those six games does BYU need to win for it to be viewed a success when you consider how difficult the overall schedule is? I would say at least three. I'd say they have to win at least three of those games, uh, um, I think, for, for, for the team and for the fans and everybody to be happy. I, I, I honestly think they're capable of maybe winning four or five of those games, um, but it's tough. When you play um, five quality teams like that, I mean, a, a lot has to do with is, does your team stay healthy, and um, how your preparation goes for those games. But if we can get three of those, I think we'd be happy. Max, we are, we are granting you the ability to guarantee a win over one of these three teams. You can guarantee a win over Washington, Wisconsin, or Utah. Which one are you going with and why? We'll go ahead and go with the classy answer here. And 
I'm going to say we're, I'm going to guarantee a win over Utah. <laughs> <laughs> and why would that be, Max? Because it's about time. <laughs> I think it's about time that we go beat those guys again, man. I think we're all sick of it. It's time that we beat them. Amen to that, brother. <laughs> Amen to that. Uh, we missed you at the Fan Fest in Arizona. We know that uh, your boy was uh, pitching on the mound. Uh, but maybe that was just convenient because do you really want to be around Dennis Pitta and Jerem Jordan? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. When I found out those two were going to be there, I said, I'm sorry, but I can't. No, I'm gonna, no on a serious note, those are two of, two of my favorite people. You know, um, it, it was my wife's birthday, and, yeah, my, my little boy was on the mound. Um, but it didn't last that long. All he needed was nine pitches to get out of the inning. So three up, three down. Yeah, that a boy. That a boy. Max, it's always great to talk to you, man. Uh, survive the heat down there. We're looking forward to a big BYU football season, and I'm sure we'll be calling your number uh, to discuss uh, the Cougars' 2018 schedule a lot over the summer if you're okay with that. Yeah, go ahead and give me a call. I'm planning on being at that U of A game, so hopefully I can be out there and see you guys there. But, yeah, let's do it again. Let me know. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Max. Okay, see you later. Max Hall on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Our road analyst in Tucson. <laughs> that was fun. A lot of really good information. Some really fun stuff about Zach Wilson. Coming up, BYU men's golf is in Oklahoma. Get ready for regionals on Monday. We will talk to head coach Bruce Brockbank live coming up. Max Hall just told us that winning half of the gauntlet would be a success for BYU. What's the chance the Cougars do win three of those six games in the gauntlet? We'll discuss it next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Baseball continues its series at San Francisco tonight. The Cougars and Dons play game two at 6 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. Cougars getting the win last night, 9-2. The game will also be streamed on the W.TV. BYU Sports Nation friends on a Friday. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. Let's get to our top BYUSN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU baseball ended the recent skid by dominating San Francisco 9-2 last night in the first game of a critical three-game road series. As Jason just told us, the Cougars and Dons play game two tonight at 6 Eastern. Check it out, BYU Radio. Stream it on the W.TV. Another big series for softball with the conference regular season title on the line. Oh, it's the series. It is the series. BYU softball plays a doubleheader versus LMU tonight. It will start at 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can check it out on BYU TV. Cougars currently on an eight-game win streak looking to win their fifth straight WCC regular season title and the auto bid into the NCAA tournament. Libby Sugg, star catcher, told us this is the most pressure she has felt at this juncture of the season since she came to BYU. Check it out. BYU track and field beginning their final meet of the regular season today in the BYU Last Chance Meet. Appropriately named because the Cougars have their last chance for a certain number of athletes to snag additional regional qualifying marks. Good luck to everyone competing. 22 NFL teams will be holding their mini camps this weekend. Jonah Trinaman will participate in the Arizona Cardinals mini camp, and Tomasi Laulile will work out with the Indianapolis Colts. Let's play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Fun with percentages. Ben Bagley, 
Join us, won't you? Done. 100% chance I'm here. First, what's the chance BYU football wins half? Max Hall said he wants three. Half of the games in the gauntlet. Maybe 40%? Well, I think that's favorable. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean. Five of them are on the road, Yes, five of them are on the road. I mean, it's going to be difficult, and it has proven to be difficult since this schedule, this type of schedule has been implemented. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably high, but I mean, I'll say 40%. It's going to be hard. 25% chance BYU wins three of the six games in the gauntlet. Because of the level of opponent and the fact that they're, the majority are away from Provo. Yeah. If, if more games were at home, that number for me would obviously go up. But we play five road games, and they are top-tier teams yeah. in their respective conferences. I mean, let's be honest. The easiest ones to win uh, at, uh, at Wisconsin, um, at Stop Washington. It. Uh, <laughs> regular season finale at Utah. Goodness, the game at Arizona is a head-scratcher because we don't know what they're going to do with a brand-new coaching staff. And BYU's rolling out a brand new offense. Boise, Cal, and then either Arizona or Utah. Or Arizona or Utah. Those are the three. I think BYU's it- never won in Boise. This is the challenge has been issued. Yeah. 25% for me. Number two. What's the chance Yoli Childs comes back to BYU basketball for his junior season? I think it's like a 90% chance. I, I, think, I think that the plan – look, and I haven't talked to Yoli. This is my, 100% my own opinion. I, I think the plan has always been to come back. And going out and seeing what the NBA has to say about you, there's nothing wrong with that. Most athletes do that if they have an opportunity to play at the next level. They want to go out and find out what, what the, the league thinks about them so they know what to come back and work on. So I, I think it's 90%. It's probably even higher than that. I, I, I do fully expect Yoli to be back. If I'm Yoli Childs, I'm considering three things here. And I think it is a high chance. I think it's yeah right around the mark you put out there. 85 to 90% chance that Yoli Childs returns. But I'm thinking about three things. Number one, I want to play in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. BYU basketball has scheduled accordingly. They got the message clearly from the tournament selection committee. They went out and put some teams on the schedule. And there's less WCC games. There are more opportunities to go and impress. Yep. Check. Number two, I want to have fun. His friends are back. Gavin Baxter, back. Connor Harding, going to be home soon. Yoli Childs is the alpha dog. Elijah Bryant is gone early to seek a professional career. That's already determined. He's the alpha dog on a team with his buddies. Check, number two. Now, number three is, if I'm Yoli Childs, I'm thinking in my mind, can BYU help me prepare for the NBA? Can they help me get better? Am I going to get better if I stay? That's up for him to decide. And that, for me, is the variable that you can't really put a perspective on because only he knows that. Only he knows how he feels. But for me, I'm certainly thinking about that. Oh, without question. And those are the three things. But two of the three are obvious check marks for me. Now, if he feels like, okay, I'm going to get better at BYU by sticking around another year, then it's, it's a done deal, baby. Bring him on back. And I think it is practically a done deal. Yeah, I would certainly expect to have him back. Number three. Last one. What's the chance BYU baseball wins the final five WCC games of the, of the season? Okay. Uh, my favorite number is 11. And you turned I- it all the way up to 11? I'm going to go with 11% chance and hope that that somehow superstitiously lucky number makes it so that BYU 
at least makes everybody nervous in the West Coast Conference, and they win their final five WCC games and get to 14 conference wins. Yeah, there's significance in that because that means BYU finishes over 500 mm-hmm. in the West Coast Conference. And there's no guarantee that if they win the final five that they'll even be in the West Coast Conference tournament. You've got to finish in the top four. We've talked about it ad nauseum. But just make people nervous. Make people nervous. Beat San Francisco. Cap their wins at 14 because they've only got two games left. BYU's got five games left because of how the schedule works out. Be opportunistic. Make people sweat. Look, BYU, the final series at home, which all three games, by the way, will be on BYU TV. Last place team. Pacific. Last place team. I fully expect BYU to go in and sweep that final series. Now, if BYU sweeps San Francisco... It's done. Yes, yes, they will sweep yes, Pacific. Because they're, I expect them to sweep Pacific. It boils down to these two games at San Francisco. BYU won last night 9-2. to two. They play again today, and then we'll play tomorrow. I, I actually, after what I saw last night and projecting to what I expect against Pacific, I'm going to say about 65%. Wow. That BYU, I think a win last night, like what they did last night, is one of those wins where you could, because they never trailed. They were the dominant team from the get-go. That could propel you for two more wins on this, and then you come home, and with the ability to sweep Pacific, I'll say 65%. Go out and win tonight. Go win tonight. See what happens. It's the beauty of the game. It's the beauty. It's the beautiful game, isn't it? Question of the day. What is your most biased BYU sports opinion that you think and will think is true no matter what at Shea Lawrence. BYU football national champs in 2014 if wow. Taysom Hill stays healthy. He took mine to like the next level. How about just being the BCS Busters? <laughs> exactly 30 years after BYU's first national championship in 1984, 2014. Oh, that would have been a nice little uh, surprise there. Beat Alabama, then Oregon in the first playoff. Taysom wins the Heisman as well. You can't convince me otherwise. Hashtag blue goggle alert. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's look. I I thought that I said it would have been a one of those years where BYU would have gone to a BCS potentially. Like they were on that track. That's drinking from the blue goggle but fire hey, hose. He is the he. Nobody will be able to tell him otherwise. I like that. All right, coming up, one team advances, one team does not in lacrosse, and two more Cougars will get their chance to prove themselves in NFL mini camps this weekend. This and more in the whip. What's going on in Norman, Oklahoma? Well, we know that the BYU men's golf team is there, ready to compete in the NCAA Regionals. The head golf coach, Bruce Brockbank, will join us. What kind of chance does he give his team to advance? This is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Softball hosts LMU for three games this weekend at Gail Miller Field with the West Coast Conference title and an auto bid to the NCAA tournament up for grabs. Catch tonight's doubleheader live on BYU TV. The first game starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We are live on a Friday from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside the fabulous Jason Shepard. Our daily BYUS and rebroadcast airs weeknights, including tonight on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. That will lead into the softball doubleheader. Our question of the day, what is your most biased BYU sports opinion that you will think is true no matter what? At Melocopter tweets in, the 84 football team would have won a four-team playoff. Whoa! Ooh, now that's an interesting comment. Barry Switzer would disagree. So would Greg Gumbel. (laughs) Or sorry, Bryant Gumbel. 
You can't gumbles. prove otherwise, says Melocopter. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, the head golf coach at BYU, Bruce Brockbank, returning to the program. Coach, live from Norman, Oklahoma, it's great to have you back on. Well, thank you for having us. BYU or having me. How's that? Oh, you betcha. You betcha. BYU golf back in the regionals. You, and you've enjoyed this nice little upswing, no pun intended, over the last few seasons. What has led to that for your team and your program? Well, I think it's just it's a combination of being able to get the right kids in place. Obviously, Patrick Fishburn and some of the younger kids that uh, we've had come in the last couple of years have made a huge difference. And so, and you know, along with that. And the guys that uh, have been here, everybody just seems to be getting a little bit better and, and uh, tougher mentally. So we're we're excited about uh, next week and, and trying to figure out a way to get to the final. Well, you earned an at-large bid to the Norman Regional. So what kind of chance do you give your team against some of the best teams in the country? Well, we obviously have to play our best stuff. But that's, you know, that's all. Anytime you get to the NCAA tournament in any sport, you um, – got to play your best to to get it done so our chances i think we have a great chance we got a you know we're very strong we hit the ball long and, and we're going to play a, a very difficult golf course and so that seems to be if there's an advantage that will help us fans want to contextualize everything and so i'm going to ask this next question and, and this one might be hard to answer but what kind of a team score do you anticipate BYU will need to finish with over the competition to advance to the NCAA championships? Well, that's a great question. Not seeing or knowing the golf course very well, it's going to be difficult um, to answer that. But my guess is if you're around par and they're saying this course is really challenging, you know, even par to maybe 10 to 20 over, depending on, you can kind of hear the wind is blowing about 30 miles an hour today. So if we get more of this, there's no telling. Even Parr could win it. <laughs> you know, uh, being on Oklahoma's home course and watching them play, they could shoot 25 or 30 under. But uh, the rest of us, I'm going to say Parr is always a great score. And in these conditions, it would be just a, Bruce, you know, it would be a, a national score. How's that? <laughs> what is your schedule and coaching role like on competition day? Well, you know what, Coach Miller and I both will either uh, one of us will stand on the par threes, and the other one will just walk with one of the players that uh, you feel like under the conditions uh, or is a little fragile mentally. Just walk with them and make sure they're staying in the game. That's usually what we'll do. We'll, we'll be a caddy, even though you can't carry their club. You can do pretty much everything else, and so. Um, so that's what we do. We're usually walking with a guy or, or uh, taking good notes on the par three. Bruce Brockbank, the head golf coach at BYU, is uh, taking on the 30-mile-an-hour wins at Oak Tree National in Norman, Oklahoma, as his team prepares to compete in the NCAA regionals. What are conversations like with your players in those very, very high-pressure situations? You know, you just try to keep it simple. These kids know what's at stake. And uh, I, I try to ruffle their feathers a little bit throughout the year just to see how they're going to handle it with little things. But, you know, when you get here, we're trying to have just have a good time, be loose, and uh, enjoy the opportunity is really what I'm going to challenge them to do the next four or five days. 
you mentioned Patrick Fishburn, and we talk about him a lot on this show. He's a guy with legitimate PGA potential. What makes him a legit contender to go low and win the regional? Well, his distance, obviously, is, is uh, always an advantage. Um, he's just got to get his short game going a little bit. He's kind of struggled this uh, semester, but he's capable at any time uh, really – taking it deep, if you don't mind that uh, golf term. He just, uh, everywhere you go, if he gets, you know, if he gets a chip to go in or a couple of long putts and he's hitting it well, he can uh, really change the face of a golf course. Coach, it's great to talk to you. Uh, we would love to offer you some BYU Sports Nation karma for you and your team as you take on the NCAA Regional, if you would accept it. <laughs> love Appreciate all you guys do. Hopefully we can uh, give you something good to talk about. Hey, we'll be watching. And if you have time, say hi to Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder for us. (laughs) (laughs) Will do. Okay, thanks, Coach. See ya. Bruce Brockbank on the Deseret First Credit Union. Hotline Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. You can say hi and ask how that early vacation went. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, Jason. Your jazz fan is showing. (laughs) (laughs) Our question of the day. (laughs) What's your most biased BYU sports opinion that you will always believe is true no matter what? Use the hashtag BYUSN. <laughs> Send in your responses on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we, we need to move on. Yes, we'll we have do. more from Voice of the Nation coming up. <laughs> yeah. Coming up, it's the last chance for BYU track and field beginning today. The Cougar whip around right around the corner. More of your responses. BYU bias reigns supreme today in Studio B and across all of the nation. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, former BYU quarterback, great. Played in the NFL for the Arizona Cardinals. His name is Max Hall, and he still dislikes Utah. (laughs) I edited one of those words. Also, the head golf coach from Norman, Oklahoma, for BYU as they compete in the NCAA Regionals, Bruce Brockbank. Yeah, if you missed any of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Baseball. Defeated San Francisco 9-2 last night in the first game of a three-game series. The Cougars and Dons will play game two tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio and the W.TV. Softball. If you pick any game to watch on BYU TV that softball plays this season, it should be one of the following three tonight or Saturday. Conference championship on the line. Birth in the NCAA tournament. On the line. It starts at 7 Eastern against LMU. The Cougars on the hunt. Track and field. BYU track and field begin their last meet of the regular season today in the BYU last chance meet. Cougars hoping to snag some additional regional qualifying marks during said event. Cougars in the NFL. 22 teams holding their mini camps this weekend. Jonah Trineman will play with the Arizona Cardinals in their mini camp. Tomasi Lalile working out with the Indianapolis Colts. Lacrosse. Men's lacrosse fell to Michigan State in the MCLA semifinal 12-7. The women's team defeated San Diego State 12-10. They play Virginia in the semifinals tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Cougars in the minors. Taylor Cole of the Salt Lake Bees, AAA, pitched one and a third innings, had two strikeouts, and 
a 4.63 ERA. He's rocking in a win over the Sacramento River Cats. Also, Jacob Brugman and the Norfolk Tides took on the Durham Bulls yesterday. Brugman went one for three with an RBI. He needs to get called up to the Orioles. Goodness knows they need whatever help they can get right now. <laughs> you need something positive to be able to watch with your <sighs> Orioles. Today's Rise and Chat brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. We need the most. DexterLaw.com. I'm giving it to Mitch Matthews. Why? In the spirit of our unbiased opinions that we will take to the grave. No, never biased change. opinions. I mean our biased opinions. Mitch Matthews is, no, I don't need blue goggles. He is elite. <laughs> that will never go away. You should make a t-shirt out of that. <laughs> I think somebody already did. <laughs> and I might wear it. Our question of the day. What is your most biased BYU sports opinion? That you will think is true no matter what. Oh, I love this one. Oh, this Let's is go great. to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Are you ready for this? At USU Coog 11 on Twitter. How have we not brought this up? Brandon Bradley's knee was down prior to the fumble in the 2010 game against Utah. Look, there's video proof of this. This is not bias. <laughs> There's no bias. This is that. fact. That was a fact. It was a fact. Oh. Don't get the Utah coach's tape of Luke Staley in 2000, though, <laughs> against the Utes in that uh, Look, last miracle for Lavelle. selective on what we bring up, okay? <laughs> All right. Easy there. I love that one. At CL underscore living on Twitter. That all Brian Logan bold predictions are not too much of a stretch. How about this one? At Ames Flames. If he hadn't been injured, Taysom Hill would have won the Heisman and BYU would have gone undefeated. Brandon Davies stays on the 2011 basketball team. They're in the final four as well. Saw that one coming a lot. Our elite voice of the day, Cosmo DeCougar. Sean Bradley was the real star of Space Jam. (laughs) And singles ward. <laughs> the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag BYUSN. Show always on demand at BYUSN.com. Our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to the fabulous Maddie Smith Rasmussen, her final day at BYU TV. We'll see you on Monday. The missionary.